everybody, the SWP is brought to you by All Insurance Ontario and Jim K. Ford, where you can custom order your next Ford vehicle to ensure you get the exact vehicle you want at the right time. Easy steps. Jump online at jimkford.com, select your vehicle, choose your model, trim, and options. Then the Jim K. Ford team will contact you to confirm your selections and pricing and answer all your questions before your order is placed. Easy as that. Your vehicle created your way. Jim K. Ford, 1438 Uville Drive in Orleans or jimkford.com. I dealt with an SWP listener just the other day. They had the wife's car with one company, the house was with another, and the husband's car was with a third. The fourth policy was fine for the cottage in Quebec. Anyways, now they know, and we've got an amalgamated plan going forward. We even saved a whack of money doing it. Text me, Jared Gerard, All Insurance Ontario, 613-801-2659. Your modern boutique broker. The SWP with Steve Warren and Jim Jerome. Ottawa Sports Talk every weekday. Welcome to our program, ladies and gentlemen. It is the Steve Warren Project. Steve and Jimmy loaded up for another session of sports and whatever, ready to start a new podcast week. And hopefully we can get through the week rolling via generator right now. Not many weekday podcasts out there for one, even fewer being powered with actual gasoline. James, how are things today? Uh, Stevie, uh, things are fine, man. Yeah, things are fine. Uh, Wow, crazy time there. What? What was it? A hurricane or what? What fuck was it? Well, the, I heard everything from microburst to outright tornado. I'm not entirely sure exactly what it was, but it was vicious. Like it did some serious damage in the city of Ottawa. I saw one farm this morning that was just KO'd, like a lot of buildings down, and certainly trees and uh, you know, hydro towers. I, w- right. I went by. This happened on late Saturday afternoon. I'd been golfing, came home. Went to uh, to get a, some chicken wings with a buddy of mine, and it was like the end of the world all of a sudden. Every TV in the place was scarlet red with all these mm-hmm. screaming warnings about this big thunderstorm that's coming our way with tornadoes, hail, end of the world stuff. And we just kept eating our chicken wings, not knowing what was coming. And so it was a nasty drive home. And uh, I went Sunday morning down Fallow Field, you can picture that, and looked right. at Woodruff. And basically all of Woodruff, all the hydro towers had been either snapped like pencils or torn to the ground, like right from Fallow Field. As far as I could see, it looked like it was all the way to the sportsplex. And that's just Likes, one example. And Steve Lloyd, you know Steve Lloyd, our old pal at TSN 1200. He had a 60-foot yes. tree go through his house. Yikes. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. yeah I, well, I, sh- I shouldn't uh, be surprised because I saw pictures of – remember I used to live on – like an agent court there, kind of baseline and Maryville. Yep, I remember it. I was there a few times. Yeah, so my neighbor directly across the street, same deal. She, she, there's a park that abuts her property and a and a giant. You can imagine the trees in a park. Yeah, uh, crushed her car, fell over and yeah, demoed her car. So brutal. Yikes. Yeah, so Hydro Ottawa is basically saying that the damage from Saturday's storm, and I've never heard them use any kind of words like this before, the damage is simply beyond comprehension. And uh, they're all, they're bringing in people from out of town, other hydro workers and reinforcements to help with the repairs. 200,000 right. people, as we're recording right now, still without power. Hydro Ottawa says no area of the city was unaffected. And the Hydro Ottawa statement 
that went out to the city on Sunday said the event is significantly worse than both the ice storm of 98 and the tornadoes of 2018. This level of damage to our distribution system is simply beyond comprehension. So uh, out of the gate on the show today, I'm hoping everybody's managing okay. It was a brutal storm. I hope that uh, your property damage was uh, as minimal as possible. And uh, sounds like it's going to be a few days yet before this thing is, uh, before everybody's back up and running. So uh, thoughts of everybody who's dealing with this thing right now. No kidding. Yeah, no kidding. So moving on to brighter things, because I'm sure that a lot of people listening today, uh, well, if they can listen, if they've even got power, um, Mm -hmm. they want to talk a little hockey, a little distraction. And how about your Oilers? Evander Kane with a hat trick. He now has 10 goals in 10 playoff games as the Oilers take game three against the Flames, a 4-1 victory on Sunday night. And, uh, well, I'm already wrong on that one. I thought Calgary in five or less. It's not going to be that. Well, what a game. (laughs) You know, it's like uh, um, the the Oilers have been sort of up and down, right? They didn't show show a whole ton. Uh, Connor's on a rip. You know, Connor's on a rip. Everyone keeps talking about seeing it in his eyes, uh, you know, doesn't want to lose. Uh, he's got an extra step. Uh, all the, all the, all the jazz that everyone says when a team wins. Okay. So <laughs> you know what I mean? I, they win. Yeah. Was, yeah. Dry Seidel got four points. Connor's, you know, ripping through it. Kane is ripping through it. So they have these unbelievable games, uh, and then not so good games, you know, but, uh, days are there, Stevie. Days or later, my friend. They're showing like like the the, the games they are winning. Uh, they're crushing it, you know. They're crushing it. They mauled Calgary through the first couple of periods um, with a million chances. I don't know what their shots are like. They've had a couple of games where they're setting records for shot attempts. And uh, anyway, it's good. Lucic not so uh, not so good. Got a little ugly. I know you sent me a note there. Uh, did he? He didn't quite run the goalie, but it was for sure a penalty. Like he could have easily, easily turned, you know, and stopped. And uh, I, he deserves that, right? You can't, you can't be effing with these goalies, right? They're, they're too well, he got valuable. five in a game, and they, they, you know, they, they basically threw the book at him. But I, I tend to agree with Daryl Sutter a little bit. Okay, you're calling that a charge. Imagine if Milan Lucic in that position, the mayhem, uh, anarchy that would have occurred if he actually, you know, hadn't tried to let up a little bit. Uh, and I, I honestly think it's one of those deals. And I know everybody says when guys like me have this take that is, mm-hmm. oh, you're blaming the victim. You're blaming the victim. No, I'm not blaming the victim. I'm being real. And when a guy's forechecking like that, whether you're a defenseman or in this case, Mike Smith, the goalie, you can't just change your game plan and pivot and do a complete reverse or spin the last second Mm -hmm. because he's he's coming in fast and so he's attacking where he thinks the puck is going to be and if all of a sudden you go whoop and turn in the entirely other direction bad shit's gonna happen it almost always does unfortunate though and it looks like uh mike smith uh, was not very comfortable after that so um but yeah a lot of people saying that should have been a suspension but the nhl has already ruled it will not be you certainly get away with a little more stevie in the playoffs you know oh no doubt I can't, uh, I can't quite get a handle on the refereeing. A couple of those games and other series, too, that I kept an eye on, a bunch of calls, you know, a bunch of calls, most, you know, tons of pen- And then other games, not so much, you know. So 
Anyway, we've got a series here, Stevie. Oh, yeah. I want to get back to McDavid, though, and I know that that's always a common thing. You know, well, he's the greatest player in the world, not just now, but of all time. Uh, he is exciting. I think it's always apples and oranges. Like, like call me when Connor McDavid wins six straight scoring titles by 70 points or more over the next guy. Call me when that starts happening. But it's apples right. and oranges. What he's doing right now is really special. And the stat I love the most about Connor McDavid right now, 23 points in 10 playoff games. If you actually look at that, I think the stat is... um. Da, 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 if you look at six playoff scoring champions in the last 12 years, like half mm-hmm. of them, like five or six of them, he's already got more points than that guy through 10 right. games. <laughs> right. Like that's crazy. Right. Right. Uh, I guess the side that I have seen of, of McDavid uh, that I haven't before is uh, the sort of pumping up the other guys, you know, like usually he's, he's very reserved, you know, yeah. uh, the, the most you ever see is a little, hurrah you know when he scores a goal or makes a big assist but but this one i see him patting guys on the back going to them you know before the face off and you know t- talking to the goalie everything you know so um it it is a, I, I guess it is a bit of a different guy it's almost like he's realizing uh i i i gotta do something else to win you know i gotta uh you know i was saying earlier what whatever but but there is a part of me that does agree that he does look different out there. He does look yeah. different, you know, chatting a bunch on the bench and stuff going, okay, boys, you know, I want to fucking win. <laughs> okay. yeah. yeah, it's so. a little thing called leadership, and it's not easy for everybody. It doesn't come naturally. I think we can all agree when Connor McDavid came into the NHL that he was kind of shy, maybe right. a little on the passive side. He let his skill do his talking for him. He certainly did a lot of great things out there, but I don't know. There's just a, a fire, a ferociousness in his game right now, like, like, like he wants, he looks like a guy that, that would rather die than lose this series. Uh, and, and that you saw it right. in the first round and you're seeing it here and you're seeing engagement with his teammates. Like, he, I don't know. I, I still didn't get any background on what was going on when Evander Kane put up the, uh, you know, the five and the two for seven, whether that was seven goals or we're going to game seven or something like that. But it seemed like he was annoyed with him, whatever it is. He just seems mm-hmm. to be so, so engaged when you compare it to the Connor McDavid we've seen in recent post seasons, and it's probably right. a big reason why they are as far along as they are. Yeah. And you know, when he, when he came to the team, uh, I think the great one was, had, had done a deal with the Oilers back then uh, as a chairman or whatever. Anyway, they, they, they made a deal for Wayne to be part of the team. And I remember talking to Wayne one night after going, the kid is so painfully shy uh, that, you know, what I'm talking to him about is, uh, you know, jacking guys up in the dressing room, you know, talk to the trainers. I mean, he was just so reserved. Uh, I, I bet if he had his way, he would have passed on being the captain, you know, because he, he he's just not comfortable with it, you know, and he wasn't, you know. You know, Connor McDavid has not had a down time, right? He's never, if he's gone flat, it's like, okay, he didn't get a point for one game. Right. It's never like that he's on this eight game shitty streak. You know, he's always had the skill. He will continue to have the skill. He's getting better and better all the time. Everyone believes it. And now he's got this that he does look like a captain, you know, to your point, to your point. Yeah. The captaincy is a rope. I don't think he's been fully pulling on before. And now he is. He absolutely is, in my opinion. 
And I wanted to mention Zach Hyman as well for your Oilers. Like, yes. He is playing fantastically. That guy is built for the playoffs. It's a great signing. And I got thinking about the leaves. Like a Zach Hyman might have been the difference somewhere in there. Like if you had decided to keep Hyman and not say Nylander and what you might have gotten for Nylander in a deal, hindsight's twenty twenty. But I think that there's always something about that more robust character who also has some skill. Those guys are worth their weight in gold come playoff time. Right, right. Uh, yeah, and they are showing up, right? Which is the big difference with, you know, Russ, right? Is saying um, they got they got nothing. You know, you can't you can't keep relying on this this big line of Drysaitel and and Connor and 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 so some of these other guys have stepped up. You know, Hyman, yep. as you said, is is certainly one of them. So, yeah. Battle of Florida. Meanwhile, I was equally wrong about that one because I thought, uh, well. I didn't know what exactly would happen, but I was damn sure it was going to be a long, hard-fought series. Oh, the Stanley Cup champions have rolled out to a 3 nothing lead, a 5-1 right. win over Florida, and I'm, I'm sure you're as surprised as any other hockey fan to see the Panthers where they are. And how about Jonathan Huberto's comments after the game? He actually said this, It's 3 nothing. Who cares? We can come back. Okay, let's let's look at that for a second, Johnny. Um, <laughs> Tampa, Tampa Bay is 17 and 0 after losing a playoff game in the last yeah. three years. 17 and 0. So they're what? They're suddenly going to start this because randomly roll out an 0 for 4 for you? I don't see it. Not to mention, I think it, what has it happened? Three, four, five times in the history of the NHL where a team has come back from an 0 3 deficit. So good luck to you, Jonathan Huberto. Good luck to you. Yeah. Yeah, and they're gonna they're gonna do the shutdown thing, Stevie. They're gonna do the shutdown thing. You know, I'm watching yeah. some of these games a little more attentively on uh, for defense. You know, and uh, I was I, I don't know I saw I, I think Calgary had a two goal lead or some other game, well, you know, up two goals with ten to go. You know, in the game, and then <clears throat> I look up and I'm going, okay, uh, here's the, they got three guys standing across the red line and the other two guys are halfway into their own zone right Go, yeah you ain't getting in here man you ain't not getting in here so yeah uh it, it makes for a bit of a tough watch once in a while but uh anyway playoffs got it all stevie there's no disappointment right now oh, my friend yeah. uh also the rangers beat carolina three to one and uh that one's getting feisty i don't know if you saw the end of that game um ty domi's boy Max Domi, who had such a mm-hmm. terrific game in Game Seven against the Bruins, for some reason he just decides to, to go over. Like the the game's over, one of the Ranger players has the puck. He just goes over and cross checks him, and then a whole bunch of uh, pushing and shoving and screaming. Tony D'Angelo, certainly a guy that uh, everybody knows around the NHL as being kind of a loudmouth, and it was well, it was with the New York Rangers. He had all kinds of trouble. Um, and then signed with Carolina, one-year deal worth $1 million. So this series means a lot to D'Angelo, and he is in there just absolutely screaming at the end. Ranger head coach Gerard Gallant is saying, shut your effing mouth. Mm -hmm. And so I think that series is going to get very feisty very quickly. But again, I did not think the Rangers had it, and it would be up 2-1 in this series. I'm off to a terrible start with my predictions, James. (laughs) All right, let's take a time out of the program. We'll talk about the PGA Championship, some more hockey talk. First, I want to tell you about the good folks at Jim K. Ford. Thinking about a nice used vehicle for the summer, but you're a little uncertain about it? You want to make a smart choice. Well, Jim K. Ford removes all of your worries. 
Jim K. Ford is Ottawa's certified pre-owned Ford dealer. How about a 12-month, 20,000-kilometer limited warranty coverage? History report of the vehicle, purchase financing rates from 1.99%, 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. That is peace of mind. Check out JimKFord.com, 1438 Uville Drive in Orleans. And if you need some help navigating this wild Ottawa housing market, call the Glen Walton Real Estate Team. If you're a seller, Glen services include staging, painting, cleaning, all part of the package, and of course, negotiating all the offers coming in. For buyers, Glenn has the expertise to help you land your dream home when competing with so many other offers out there. So if you're looking to buy, sell, or invest in real estate, contact Glenn today, glennwalton.com. Insurance is very expensive, and it's my job to save you money. If you can't save money, why would you buy from me? You have plenty of options, so make me one, and you'll see why. Text quote to 613-860-6008 to get started. We can spend 10 minutes to connect, and I'll email you a personalized quote. All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. All right, to the last of the uh, the four NHL playoff series in the second round. And by the way, I can hear my generator starting to sputter a little bit. Might be out of gas soon. We'll have to see. Anyway, um, Colorado beat St. Louis 5-2. to two. They grab a 2-1 series lead. That was the lone game on Saturday. And everybody talking right now about the Nazem Kadri hit on Jordan Binnington. He's in there fighting with uh, one of the Blues defenders, and he ends up going flying into Binnington and hit him awkwardly, and now Binnington's out for the series. Billy Huso now takes over once again. And, yeah, there's a lot of animosity after that one, a lot of emotions. You saw Craig Berube, the Blues coach, after the game. He, he didn't really mince words. They asked him about it, and he said, well, we know his reputation. And uh, meanwhile, Jared Bednar, Kadri's coach with the Avs, he's saying, screw reputation, assess it. Was it legal or was it illegal? And I don't think it was illegal. I think it was totally unintentional. Jordan Bennington didn't think so, though. So he's out for the series, and he threw a water bottle at Kadri while he's giving, <laughs> giving an interview at the end of the game to the guys on NHL on TNT. So things are getting feisty in that series, too. Like the Lucic one, okay? What This what always kind of bugs me about the playoffs is – if you get a game that's out of hand, which the Calgary game was, okay? Mm-hmm. Edmonton was mauling them, and they were up 4 nothing. I don't, I don't know when Lucic hit the thing. That, that's what really bugs me about the cheap shot. It's like, okay, we got nothing. We can't win this game, right? We're not going to win this game, so I'm going to do something. I don't know. Take the goalie out, right? Mm-hmm. I hate that shit. I hate it, you know? I don't know when Nazem Kadri did that, at what point in the game, but... That's kind of opposite, right? That's what's that, that's why that guy's a pain in the ass if you're a coach. It's like, why, why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? You know? If 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 we were down four or five goals, I get it. Guys, you know, that that even the coach might tap someone on the shoulder going, I don't know, go hit someone, you know, go, go, go make a fucking statement. <laughs> you yeah. know, so anyway. Yeah, I don't blame Craig Berube for feeling the way he does because the guy has got a reputation. Lee fans will tell you that. He takes some Really dumb penalties, and uh, I couldn't tell though, to be honest. Um, but one would wonder if benefit of the doubt should be there for this particular player. If it's anybody else, absolutely, I can't tell if there's any intent there. I really can't. But because right. it's Kadri, maybe uh, maybe you look at things differently. But uh, anyway, right. that's the NHL playoff roundup. It was also a special weekend for sports fans in that we had the PGA Championship. Yes. And Justin Thomas ended up winning the thing. I'm sure you were glued to your set. James, what'd you think? I was. Uh, I'll tell you what. Um, I don't. Did you watch it? I watched the highlights. I didn't have time because of this whole storm thing and getting a generator going and things. So my, my sports watching wasn't where it would have been normally. 
So uh, the, the kid, I think it's Pierre, is the, the kid from South America who's kind of leading the whole way. He had a three-shot lead going into the, uh, the final round uh, with Zalatoris um, and a couple other guys lurking. <clears throat> but they, they were kind of the front runners. So the kid's the nails, okay? The kid's the nails. They're, you know, it becomes a story about his nerves, how he's handling it, that he has no fear. Uh, they interviewed, I forget who the other guy is from South America. The, another player, is it Joaquin Neiman? Is he South America? I forget. Uh, anyway, sure. um, and they're buddies. And, and so this story was growing all the time. And then, you know, they started interviewing the guy when he had a three shot lead. Well, then it got down. Right. And they're, they're they were kind of talking like this guy's going to win the PGA. He was, he was so disciplined, Stevie, the 18th hole. Um, you know, everyone's hitting this three wood. They're hitting this three wood because the driver, if you go too far, you're going to get in trouble. There's a hazard penalty area. Dude hits the three wood the whole, the whole tournament. And then he's got a one shot lead playing the 72nd hole and rips out the driver and takes this incredible whack. Like, you, like if you saw the shot, it's like, what is he doing here in the water? Double bogey loses the PGA. What? It Very reminded Van, me of uh, Vanderbilt there. Yeah, it yeah. did. It did. I, I mean, he didn't make a nine or whatever Vanderbilt did or a seven or an eight. But uh, it was a, a total mental collapse by both the golfer and the caddy. Uh, and if you don't think nerves, you know, creep into it, guys can miss shots, Stevie. There's the obvious indication of a guy gripping it too tight, uh, you know, missing a shot, snap hooking, you know, shanking, all that shit happens all day long out there when the pressure gets on. But the mental Stevie side is so much pressure. We made a, you know, a huge wrong decision. Yeah. And I don't mean in hindsight, you know, even Faldo, right? And the, and the, the commentary, the guys who are doing the commentary went, what is he doing here? What is he doing? You know, you would hope his caddy would have jumped in front of that bullet you know, I felt like that with Vandeveld. Like, what is the caddy doing through this whole process? Is he just a yes man? I think you should get fired for stuff like that. Like, you should. I mean, obviously, the player has the ultimate say, but you'd think somewhere the caddy is in there saving the guy from himself. But but think about that, right? I I, I get that. I, I you know I understand that, right? That uh, where'd we go wrong here? And and it's going to be okay. There's ten boxes here where we went wrong. How many do we tick? Uh, ten. 10 boxes, okay? Um, I guess what can happen, Stevie, is the, you know, the, the player, they stand up there, they go, okay, great. I think I'm going to hit driver. And the caddy goes, yeah, maybe not, man. Maybe, you know, should we go with that? Well, if I hit the three-wood, though, I'm, you know, I got blah, blah, blah. I don't, I'm all set. Let's keep pounding this driver. I've been hitting it okay. Uh, and the and caddy's, you know, are you sure? Yeah, you want Okay, I'm in. If you're in, I'm in. But, you know, blah, 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 Steve, right? So it's a hard call for the caddy. Right, it's a tough call for the guy and the golfer and the golfer. Yeah. You know, uh, it ju- it just shows you what uh, I I shouldn't compare, but it, it just shows you <laughs> when I play golf, <laughs> how oh, many times no. I've hit the wrong fucking shot. You know <laughs> that when I'm playing okay, you know, trying to win a bet, Stevie, or or trying to par the last hole, and then you know trying something I don't know that we've like if if if, if you YouTube the the tee shot, Steve, that he hit. You've got to see the what he did with his body. Trying, I, I don't know what he was doing. He like he like he looked like a, a, a guy who shoots ninety. You know. Uh, anyway, big. Uh, you know, 
look back today, that guy is going, ah, shit. Yeah. Uh, the killer is, it's a major, you know, it's like chance of a lifetime, dream come true. You know, if I die tomorrow, if I went a major, I'm like, I'm happy, you know? Right. Uh, anyway. It was, it was only a second major in, in terms of participation, right? So. I've never heard of the guy. I've never no, heard of him. Yeah, yeah. Mito Pereira. No, I, yeah. I'm no, just getting I, used to hearing about Zalatoris over the last year, you know? And uh, yeah. So, anyway. Which sounds uh, like something that, uh, you know, it's like a something you could cure with some chlorets or something. Man, your Zalatoris <laughs> is horrible. <you> know? <laughs> yeah, exactly, Steve. Exactly. But um, Justin Thomas is your winner, and uh, Tiger had to withdraw. He, he was uh, limping around on Thursday. We saw that at the Masters, the limping, but. It was when round three and four came along, it got worse as he went. Right. The, limp came, the limp came out a lot earlier. And I wonder if that maybe, maybe that's part of it, to, that you, you, you put on a brave face when you're in contention. As mm-hmm. you know, he, was, he was really good at, in, at the Masters on day one. But uh, this time around, I think he was four over on Thursday. And so and a lot of people were barking on the weekend because I listened to a lot of uh, transistor radio this weekend without power. Right. And uh, listening to a lot of that American programming on sports radio, and a lot of guys were, you know, really uh, prophesizing that this is it for Tiger. He's probably not going to win another major. And I find that I don't know. Still looks like a million bucks, and if he gets over that leg injury, who's mm-hmm. to say he can't do it again? I just think that's a lot of, you know, windbaggery, a lot of hot air. Um, I, I just feel like. You know, you could you could you could have said that at any point in the last decade. Oh, yeah, he's never going to win another one, and then he comes up and surprises us. We just saw Phil win this event at fifty last year. I think Tiger, if he gets over this leg injury, still has a chance. Yeah, you know, Tiger. If you if you listen to Tiger, what he's talking, you know, he's never he's never been a guy, Stevie, that that the the pure desire to win, which he has the passion to win, the desire to win, gets gets in the way of the smart health move for that guy, right. right? He's he's backed away from a lot of tournaments in his past. He had the bad back. So he, he would, I trust what this guy's doing when he says, okay, I'm going to play. I'm going to play. And part of his, uh, you know, part of his method that maybe no one hears about is, I, I just want to stay in game shape, you know? Like really, if we, we we get the edited version from Tiger all day, right? He's not a very quotable guy. But but I, I get the sense he's probably saying, I, I, I just got to get out there. I want to, I want to hit some shots. I want to. I want to play some golf. Uh, I don't. I don't think I can win. I want to see how my legs going to feel. And I. I think that's probably what he was doing. Uh, and then. And then assessing it after, right? Going, okay, this. This isn't working. I got to regroup. But by no means, Stevie, do I think Tiger's stepping away from the game. No means at all. I. I. I think this guy's going to go as deep as he can for a long time. So, can he win though? Who knows? Who yeah. knows? Yeah, you that's know? what I, that's what I think too. I, I don't. I think it's just, I don't know. I just find it disingenuous for anybody to jump on a microphone and know for sure he's he's won his last major. It's over. This guy right. is done. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. Blowhard. Sit down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. We should go. Uh, we've got Kelly Rudy coming on the Suspendables, James. Yes. Yeah. Love Kelly. Uh, him and Russ go back, so there'll be some great stories. Um, you know, and they're they're busy. They're busy. Been a long time broadcaster now. You know, sometimes I watch those guys. You know, you know, I'm a big fan of Bieksa. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elliot Friedman is is you know strong. He's been there a while. Ronnie, uh, Ronnie, I gotta say, the last couple uh, broadcasts, Stevie, of the games, uh, they've been exciting games, and they go to this panel, which is great. 
And I love it where they break them down, particularly BXs, I think is a great find. And uh, so they're, they're, they're looking at the game yesterday, the Euler game, and, and BX is really good and, uh, you know, showing video of what he's talking about. I love that when a guy does it. Watch here how their sticks are good or not. And then, and then Ronnie, I think, feels a little out of place, Steve, and then we'll come up with, you know, the history of the Edmonton Oilers game is the Klondike, the gold rush which went through uh, Edmonton. It was called the back door to the Yukon, right? And I'm like, okay, Ronnie. Yeah. We, we know you can do that. We know you can. And Ronnie's a, a friend of mine. We know you can do that, but you're, you're okay. Just let them go, Ronnie. Let them go. I mean, I'll use the volleyball reference. He's a setter. When he was working with Don Cherry, Don, Don Cherry was your spiker. Right. And he needs to continue doing that with the guys on the panel right now. And you can work for another 20 years if you want to by doing that. But if you're in there trying to spike with uh, quotes from poetry, well, yeah. like, Walt, like Walt Whitman once said, as the sun sets on another evening of NHL. What? Just yeah. just throw it over to Kelly Rudy and say, Kelly, your thoughts on that yeah. cadre hit on Bennington. That's all he needs to do, and he's got a job for life at about a million dollars a year. Yeah, well, he's never very bad, you know, but but he brought there were three different things that he did. One was that whole gold rush thing that didn't fit in. The other one was about a song that was playing as they come in and out of break that he started to break the history down of the rock band and who it was. Right. And then the third one was they're deep into this thing here about Calgary going for a shit. And Ronnie stops and goes, now, listen, we got to talk about this SO Cup, this women's hockey thing that took place in Okotoks, Alberta, where a girl, the, the goalie there, stopped 27 shots. Right. It's, everyone's looking at him going, okay, okay, but... Go ahead. No, it was, we have it was weird. To say on it that. was weird. Yeah. Anyway, we wanted to tee up the Kelly Rudy show on the Suspendables. That's coming out first thing you wake up on Wednesday morning. It will be available to you, so check that out. Thank you for being with us today, ladies and gentlemen. We really appreciate it. Our website is stevewproject.com. Check out our Patreon memberships and grab yourself an SWP t-shirt if you care to. James, enjoy your day. I'm going to go put some gas in the generator to get another show going, and we'll talk to you next time. Stay safe, everyone. Good night, everybody. We'll see you.